Not the Chuddle. Chuddle. Surprise. Whoa. Oh, that's fantastic. So good. If what the actual fuck was a movie, out of the mist and into the fog, it's Chuddle the Pod. Sup, 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 You are listening to Chuddle the Pod, a horror movie club where horror movie lovers have a feel-goo time. Oh, if, nice. <laughs> if this is your first time listening, welcome. We hope you have a good time. You should know we always keep it spoiler-free up top, so you can decide whether or not you want to see it before the spoiler drop. Uh? <laughs> uh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> you did it. You did it. <laughs> and in uh, this episode, we are going to chuddle the bird with the crystal plumage. Ooh. From 1970. Every good club meeting, of course, starts with attendance. My name is Sam. Sam with a sup, and I am present. Ross, are you here? Oh, hey. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Brian, are you here? Huh? All right. That's a yes from Brian. And uh, we also have a first-time guest with us. We have David Garrett Jr., host of Journey with a Cinephile. And when he says cinephile... This man watches more movies than anybody I know personally. Um, it's wild. You should definitely check it out. Why don't you tell us a little more about it? Well, first off, thank you guys for having me. It was uh, it's a blast, and I was uh, I was hoping to get on here at some point with you guys. But yeah, I uh, originally started doing written reviews, and I started listening to podcasts. And uh, one of the ones I listened to, I was actually chatting with the host over there, and he was like you might as well just start doing it and kind of get in a groove with it and like, or else you're just going to kind of keep planning it. So I decided one day just to start kind of recording the reviews that I had been writing and kind of it's been still going, which kind of shocks me sometimes with how long I've actually stuck with it. So yeah, that's uh, the podcast where I use, I only cover really horror movies, but I will do some of the stuff that might be a little bit more genre as well on top of it. But that's kind of where I stick to is more of the actual horror stuff. Yeah. As many reviews, full reviews, you just put mm-hmm. out a three hour yes. episode with his top 100 movies, uh, horror movies of 2023. So definitely My gets in depth. You gotta, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like I saw, I think forty-eight new horror movies in twenty twenty-three, and I thought that was a lot. Can't hear you, Brian. Damn it! <laughs> One of these days, I'll just remember. I was gonna say, yeah, I don't think I've even seen that much. About sixty something, mm-hmm. which is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's I impressive. thought I did it. I wish I could get there. We'll get there one day. I'm just hoping to get in 100 horror movies in a year. (laughs) I believe in you. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for being here. Before we begin, I must take this moment to thank our coven of patrons. Your sacrifice gives us life, and we thank your beautiful souls. Thank you. Thank you. Now, with with all club members present and accounted for and the coven avowed, it's time to crack open the goo book and begin tonight's meeting. Give me that goo. Oh, yeah. Woo! All right. (laughs) Uh, First, we're going to come in with a brief synopsis from IMDb. An American expatriate in Rome attempts to unmask a serial killer he witnessed in the act of an attempted murder and is now hunting him, 
and his girlfriend. Relatively accurate. Yeah. Expatriate makes it sound like he like left the country for political reasons, but I don't it's it's (laughs) right. That's kind of weird wording to be like, he was an author who just happened to live in Italy for two years. Right, exactly. Or at least he wanted to be an author. He he wrote a book on rare birds. Um, That's right. To get out of the country. (laughs) So now we got our taglines, and you can tell when we start getting into re-releases. But uh, (laughs) So the first one is, all the screaming in the world won't help. Ooh, so no. Oh, okay. No matter how. Well, I mean, that's good to know. Like, I mean, I guess it won't help. A stunning portrait in psycho terror. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that one, especially that 1970. Was, yeah. You know what I mean? That's a good little tagline. Mm-hmm. A Jack the Ripper type story with a twist. <laughs> um. All right. Which I, I I guess that one's stupid. I'm sorry. That was always, dumb. That was really. <laughs> That one's kind of a dead duck. I I don't like the ones that are like, you know, it's a movie with a twist. Like it's that like, well, don't tell me that. Well, the, I don't know like, if it's saying that it's the whole point of the twist. twist yeah, what is, is that, it trying to say with that? Like it's like Jack the Ripper. You know that story oh. of someone killing someone. It's like that, but it's different. <laughs> so that's the twist, but not. Or that there's yeah. you know, but Italian. <laughs> stupid. That was a stupid one. <laughs> oh. Speaking of Italian, <laughs> didn't even say it. It's Italian month. Woo! Yeah. We're kicking off our Italian Woo! cycle. This is when you chuddle here, Italian your pit. family. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, here's a fun Chuddle one. Garden. Shock, goosebump, tension. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. Shock, goosebump, tension. Ooh. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's not a haiku, but it sounds like a haiku. Each one has <laughs> an exclamation point. Oh, wow. Spine tingling. Excite. (laughs) 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 This entire, I'm just going to use one word with an exclamation point. Spine tingling suspense that made Hitchcock a household word. What? All right. Okay. I know it's clunky. It's not a Hitchcock movie. What? No. And he did get comparisons to Hitchcock after this movie, but it's still like, that's such a clunk. It's like. It was written in Italian and made sense that way and was translated straight, and now it doesn't make much sense. Yeah, to English. We're like, I kind of get it. A suspense thriller, exclamation point. Great. Narrows it down. Right on on the nose. Good. Yep. Right on the nose. Now, this is probably a re-release. The stunning debut by Dario Argento, the Italian master of terror. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like okay. the DVD box set. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like 20 years after and then, yeah. Sure. Right. Well, box set. This one, who knows, maybe the same thing from the director of Suspiria and Deep Red. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, of course, yeah, it must be. Yeah. Because this, this is his sure. first. So, want to be that. And then last, we have, if you think you are being followed home from this movie, keep telling yourself that it's all in your mind. So, <laughs> again... <laughs> Why? I think it's weird. I don't get it. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> the bird with the crystal plumage. We're gonna fucking if follow you, think you home. You're being followed home from this movie. <laughs> what the fuck? Because it's not a good thing I watched like, it I at home. Well, it, that's one of the first taglines. It's like threatening the audience. Well, what's like, the follow up? So, like, what is the whole thing? You. Sorry, keep telling yourself that it's all. So the whole thing is, if you think you are being followed home from this movie, keep telling yourself that it's all in your mind. Interesting, because I mean. The only, there's nothing in relation. There, what to the movie? Yeah. 
<laughs> Besides being like, oh my god, there's a bunch of like a guy stalking someone throughout the movie, so I'm creeped out. Someone might be stalking me on the way home. Right. I could get that, sure. but like the follow up that like it's all in your mind seems like, or whatever it says, doesn't really tie into the movie in any way. That's true. Right. Like you would all. think there'd be some weird like aspect to that. I don't know. Anywho, stupid. <laughs> you know what? It's stupid. <laughs> you get the official stupid stamp. Uh, all right. Welcome to Brian's boiler room. <laughs> exactly. The boiler room is coming out again, guys. Leaving the Patreon coming straight into your ear lobes here. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's Sorry. move on before we get there because that'll derail the whole thing. Movies are made by people, and the people that made this movie are. Well, it's the deck. Directorial debut for writer, director, and goo guru Dario Argento. Ooh, yeah, guru. It's yeah, guru. <laughs> it's hard to do. Yeah, you know what goo. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Some of our key players in the film are Tony Musant Musante Musanti. As our lead, Sam Damas, Susie Kendall as Julia, Sam's girlfriend, Enrico Maria Salerno as Inspector Morosini, Eva Eva Renzi as Monica Ranieri, Umberto Rajo as Albert Ranieri, and plenty of others. Lots of fun characters, but I'm only going to shout out one other, Gildo DiMarco as Garulo, a.k.a. So Long the Pimp, because he's fun. (laughs) (laughs) So Long. What a great character. He's all. Uh, he's also. I also in, liked uh, um, Pino Patty as uh, was it? Oh yeah, the Vienna, uh, the tipster, the guy who doesn't know anything yeah. but knows everything. <laughs> Absolutely, another great character. This movie's chock full of him. I like the guy who's the uh, the artist as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a guy that's in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well we know what time it is, right? It's time for the gore. Fatality. On a scale of one to ten, Psycho to the Sadness, how gory is this film? One to five for consistency, one to five for intensity. Put them together, you get your gore score. What are you guys thinking? I'm pretty low. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ross? This, like, hit, this, this tapped like a maybe a three, like 1.5 and 1.5. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is kind of consistent, but what you're getting is barely anything. Right. So it's like... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like it sh- on paper should be more for consistency, but I think it sits at a three for me, and I, I'm very comfortable with that. Uh, yeah, it's I'm a lot of off-screen stuff. A lot of yes. off-screen yeah. stuff. A lot and of just off-screen like stuff. Little bits of red blood dripping, mm-hmm. but um, I had it at a three five, one five for consistency, and two for intensity. Just because even though you don't mm-hmm. see much, sometimes it like especially one attack in particular for me felt feels a little more visceral so it upped it just oh, yeah. a little bit um even though what you're not getting much yeah i think a three five feels about right maybe a three 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 five give it a three five yes yeah, so i had a three i had a 1.5 1.5 kind of the same thing we've all been saying where there is that one attack scene where it's kind of toes the line of being vicious but while still like hiding a lot of the stuff that oh. would kind of bump it up into that like kind of creepier realm oh totally Definitely. i also had to like put in the back of my mind because of, i've seen other argento movies and how right. fucking extreme some of those kills are <laughs> that like this one is like i think a lot of this is dipping his toes into what mm-hmm. he's going to be doing later on oh yeah but, yeah, yeah this it was is very tame in comparison to his other movies 
This Amen. is yeah, but before he's like trying, uh, yeah, he uh, he goes crazy, but he's very tame. But I like it. I like this version of of it, of his work. Um. All right. Who is the horror forer? Who is the horror forer? Should Ross say it now? <laughs> <laughs> Who is the horror? For <laughs> starting, starting with what subgenres does this movie fall into? Giallo, obviously. Yeah, Giallo <laughs> slashers, murder Doctor. mystery. Mm-hmm. Figure them out. Who done it? Mm-hmm. Atmospheric, uh, black, black gloved trench coat daddies. Completionist. Like, a... If you want to oh, yeah. watch all of Argento's stuff, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> Any way to shoot that in there? Do you get supernatural, yeah. Ross? <laughs> Yeah, is this supernatural? You know, how do you make it? How does it go? <laughs> how do you make it supernatural? That should be one of the questions. How do we yeah. make this into a supernatural slasher? Um, but no, I think yeah, I think it's kind of the there's nothing really yeah. deviating from those. Mm-hmm. So I kind of adjusted our next question into sort of what I think the spirit of it is, and is what kind of environment is be- is it best to watch this in? Because um, we talk about you know with friends or alone or climate we'll controlled. All different things. Yeah, AC, AC. Um, I think that this one, uh, this one, kind of for me goes pretty hand in hand with a bunch of giallos in the fact of like when you're dealing with like any kind of murder mystery, I feel like solo or with someone or with like your your movie crew. You know yeah. what I mean? Like everyone yeah, that's going to be watching. kind of paying attention, mm-hmm. yeah, that are actually watching. I feel like you kind of lose a little bit of the gusto with giallos when it's a mm-hmm. big group of people, unless everybody's in it to win it because i think there's so many subtle sh- subtle things in these fucking movies that you're gonna yeah. miss if it's in a party se- like scene i agree i wish right. i could see it in a theater i think that would be the ideal setting for this it's a oh, lame answer if they're like of course the theater but i feel like you know with a group of people but again you are just watching the movie would be fun yeah yeah cool <laughs> sorry Thank you, Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, to reiterate, yeah, sure. I agree with all that. Mm-hmm. Good. Sorry. Is it for beginners? Should it be controversial? I'm going to be controversial. I think you should actually watch it <laughs> yes. loud and raunchy. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should watch it with no well, pants on. I, I do have a, a, a viewpoint on it, that, but we'll get to that one towards the end and we've actually talked about it. Because okay. it, it'll uh, probably come up within my score of how I felt about it. Interesting. All right. And last, is it for beginners? I'd say sure. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Honestly, in the realm of Argento, this is a great beginner one because it's not as extreme as some not of his all. other insanely violent movies. I'm trying so, like, to get if you're... my mom to watch this one. <laughs> There's very this honestly is minimal nippling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll, I'll bring it up. <laughs> You got some like seventies, nineties, but that's a that's you know mm-hmm. you, get, you get pretty tame. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, does anybody hear a fluttering about? Seems like uh, hold on, let me grab the window real quick. <laughs> got it. Good. Ah, oh, here cool. it is. Mothman, Harbinger. Made the landing. Um, this is a giallo movie. We have to have some major trigger warnings, right? Yeah. <laughs> Kind no. of? Uh, yeah, it's not... I don't know. I mean, the only one is... I guess there's allusions to... Um, 
if you're a cat person, mm, um, sure. there may be a triggering scene yeah. later oh, on in the movie. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. And in like most Jallos, there is insane violence to women throughout the entire thing. Yeah. But that's kind of the point of the movie. Right, it's which the is, victim you know, group. It's not like domestic violence, which we see in other Jallos. <laughs> That's exactly. true. Um, oh man, I mean, and also like a lot of giallos too. Um, there are trigger warnings towards um severe mental unwellness. I guess would be <laughs> if you're t- like that could possibly be a, a triggering thing. But besides that, it's its normal jalloness, yeah. yellowy goo goodness, and thriller fare. It definitely leans more to like a thriller mystery than like full-on horror i think yes um, absolutely oh i guess if you have a phobia of birds um especially in the intro scene mm-hmm. then maybe because that, that i mean be you get past that intro scene, you'll be fine there's not that much birdage throughout the movie not many no, birds no but there's an intense <laughs> amount of birds in one scene but they're all dead so that's cool right <laughs> yeah that's maybe i could help some people yeah, yeah. Yeah. for some people that's cool sure be like oh man i want to go to that room <laughs> I mean, we could have just changed someone's mind on this. They could have been like, I don't know if I want to watch this. Wait, wait, wait. There's a room of dead birds. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. It's only at the beginning of the film, so it's your call. It's true. It doesn't come back. Well, right? Not much. There's not much dead birds. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you can decide whether or not you want to keep listening or watch the movie because we're about to do the thing. Spoiler zone. All right. Kicking off with our IMD behind the scenes. Uh, a lot of them are up front here. Of course, I did shove some in during the body of the movie. It has been alleged that Tony Musante, whatever his name is, Sam, in the movie, known for his intensity and preparedness as an actor, would frequently show up at Argento's apartment at 3 a.m. to discuss characters- characterization, much to Argento's annoyance. Director Dario Argento later cited uh, that star Tony, last name, as one of the most difficult actors he ever worked with. <laughs> Eva okay. Renz. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> with that knowledge being said, do you think after having like a prompt to do helpful dude in an investigation that this actor pissed him off so much that he wrote most of his other protagonists as like, all right, this guy's going to be a bumbling idiot or like this guy has no idea what's going on because he was so mad at Tony showing up at his apartment. (laughs) He's like, all right, I got to write these characters from now on just being completed. If so, I'm glad he did. (laughs) Yeah. I think that happened. I, I, 100%. 100%. I'll put that my stamp of <laughs> approval on that. <laughs> approval, Excellent. yeah. Brian's like, all right, next time it's going to be a pianist. I, yeah. I got a lot of stamps <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> I got a whole set. <laughs> nice. Uh, actress Eva Renzi and actor Tony Monsanti didn't, didn't get along very well during filming. Renzi found the American actor pretty arrogant and egocentric. Eva Renzi, uh, who she was Monica in the movie, the... Oh, the girlfriend? Yeah. The, or not the girlfriend. The girlfriend's Julia, the one who stabbed uh, the, the redhead. Yeah, it's the wife. Oh. Of the, yeah. Uh, she was not a fan of the film or her role in it. In an interview, she stated that portraying a character who turned out to be a chuckling, crazed murderer was beneath her talent as an actress. 
She did it anyway, though. She also considered the participation in a, in the movie as career suicide. So I looked up her IMDb, and she worked the rest of her life till she died. So and I, she was fine. <laughs> <laughs> she did okay. Um, at, this movie was... So I didn't know this. Uh, Dario Argento's dad, Salvatore Argento, produced a lot of Dario Argento's movies, including this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but at one point, a different executive producer wanted Dario Argento removed from production when he was disappointed by a screening of some dailies. Argento's father, Salvatore Argento, went to the exec's office to talk to him, but found the exec's sec- secretary visibly shaken. When he asked the secretary what was troubling her, she said she saw the screening and the footage terrified her. Salvatore <laughs> then asked her to go in to talk to the boss and show the reaction to the screening, and she is the one who convinced uh, the executive to keep Argento on board. That's so, awesome. Who knows yeah. if that's true, but it's a fun story. I was about to say, where on the bullshit <laughs> meter do you think that lands? That sounds like something like, he Oh, it made lands at a hard seven on the bullshit meter, but I love the story. <laughs> sounds like something yeah. he would have made, Dario Argento would have made up in his, like, lore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like in an interview where they're like, so how did this get Absolutely. made? And then he gives that story and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, totally. oh, that's awesome. was so shaken by it that he was like this. And he leaves real... and he's like, got yeah. him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those stories, you know, it gets the like legend continues, expands upon it yeah. each time. Like the first time he tells <laughs> right. it, it's like, yeah. And she was pretty frightened by what she saw. So I had to bring it in there. And by the end, it's yeah, <laughs> she was shaking and she suffered from hysterical blindness. And <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, fun story. The script uh, to The Bird with the Crystal Plumage was written in five days. It was kind of based on a book, but not really, like, loosely inspired by. The this the director of photography, this was the fir- first movie they made in color. So, good on them. They did a good job. <laughs> Shot in just six weeks. The bird with the crystal plumage is one of the reasons why Dario Argento is often referred to as the Italian Hitchcock. Mm. Which in this movie you totally see. I feel like he definitely loses that later in his work. Yeah, sure. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, the first of many Argento films that features an artist as the main character. If you've watched Argento movies, happens all the time. This is the first installment of Argento's Animal Trilogy, which came out in 1970, 1971, and 1971. So with wow. three movies in a span of two years, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, The Cat of Nine Tails, and Four Flies on Grey Velvet, um, which I just watched Four Flies on Grey Velvet. And I guess it was like a lost movie for a long time, like 20 years. It hadn't been released. And anyway, during the killer's reveal speech, it cuts in and out between English and Italian. <laughs> Oh, nice. Oh, man. <laughs> it's very strange. Although The Bird with the Crystal Plumage isn't the first Giallo movie, it is credited for making the subgenre famous and starting the trend that boomed from 1970 to 1975. Lastly, this movie played in a Milan cinema for three and a half years. Such was the film's popularity in native Italy. That's awesome yeah a three-year runtime mm-hmm. well you couldn't get it at home right so i, I remember when we were uh kids jurassic park was in the theater for like over a year and that was like whoa yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right now we get to who picked it history and why italian month 
my pick is my first time picking a movie that's not a Friday the 13th movie, which is fun. Um, nice. And I wasn't <laughs> sure what I wanted to do. I've been, I had suggested Italy as a, one of the themes for the patrons to vote on because I've been on a kick since Ross picked deep bread. And I went with the bird with the crystal plumage because they had already picked theirs and that it wasn't Argento. So I knew I wanted to do Argento and I wanted to do one that I probably wouldn't pick as a regular pick if it weren't Italian month. Cause there are other mm-hmm. movies of his that I feel like we'll do normally. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So I had, I had watched this one during my Italian kick and I was like, I re- that was a good one. I like that one. I'll go with that one. And now here we are. Here we um, are. Brian, you here had never seen again. this before, right? Yep. First time, last time. No, I mean, first time. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> yeah. And you had also gotten on a bit of an Argento kick um, as well, but just hadn't seen this one yet. Mm-hmm. No, I kind of, yeah, jumped in, was checking them out for a little bit, and then haven't since Demons. Oh, fair. Mm-hmm. Watching a bunch of Demons. But then, obviously, Tenebrae's on constantly in my house, so that's right. always going to Non-stop. Of All course. the time. Oh, non-stop. Non-stop. Non-stop Tenebrae. Fear in Italian. Uh, Ross, what's your... You know, this is a funny one because I remember watching this but not finishing it, and I never picked it mm. back up. So, like, I think I got to about the second murder in this movie or mm. second or third murder in this movie, and then I stopped. I, for whatever, just didn't pack it mm-hmm. back up. So, like, the first few beats, I was like, okay, I remember this. And then I got to a certain point where I'm like, I don't know a fucking thing that's going on right now, <laughs> and this is great. <laughs> awesome. Cool. And David, I know you just did like a huge Italian deep dive yourself. <laughs> yes. Um, this one I think was, I know Suspiria was my first one that I watched from him. I think this was the second one that I watched. And then this one just oddly keeps coming up. So I think it's up there as one of the one that I've seen the most out of his huh. filmography, just because like. Um, a couple theaters around me have shown oh, it cool. twice. So I like went to see it both times that they were having it. And then there was a podcast that was doing like movie reviews where like they were had participation from the audience. So I'd watched it for that. Oh, and wow. so this one just kind of randomly is one that people select. And I'm like, well, you know what? I'll watch it again. Cause I do like enjoy. So it's not one that I'm always like, man, I've seen this movie too many times where I'm just cashed on it now. So at least it's one that's, that's enjoyable. Good. Yeah. So that way when I keep coming back to it, I'm not dreading it. That says something it's in the ether. Who knew? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we can hear a little ditty from Ross. <laughs> Rev, 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 Movie talk. <laughs> we open on a person at a, in black at a typewriter. Black gloves, you know, classic giallo figure in black. They're typing a seemingly nefarious directions to follow an 18-year-old girl. And I, I guess the killer is just writing and to-do list they're like okay make sure you go here and follow this person i'll just put this in my pocket for later (laughs) (laughs) we are now from the perspective of a camera taking pictures of the 18 year old girl presumably the one from the note presumably i did i did really like the intro credit scene with this of having 
like this stalking scene in broad daylight, but then having just the clips of like the and then like having the frame of the camera and then going into like normal kind of just like pan like a um, panning shot. I thought was super fucking cool. I agree. Oh, for sure. I mean, this has the, the stamp of Argento's yeah. flair and cinematography, what he, oh, he yeah. does with it. There's there's all those shot choice of that in this movie. And yeah. Yeah. Classic black gloves and shiny knives. It's yeah. Like black yeah. hands with blades over red p- p- velvet is what I had. <laughs> yes. and, and this is a particularly shiny, shiny black. Uh, yeah, it is. Coat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I honestly, there was a few of these where like the leather is so shiny. I thought it was latex where I was like, this Ooh. is, Ooh, this is a lot kinkier. This is kind of getting me turned on. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't know. Is like this, this weird. <laughs> and then like the, I, I do like, I think, I don't know if it's in this beginning scene or a few other ones where the killer kind of does this like eeny, meeny, miny, mo with just a bunch of different fucking knives in this. Oh in yeah. The, oh yeah. Yeah. It's this one. Uh, it's the first, it's some the first thing that he's got like, check out all these knives I got. Pretty sweet, huh? <laughs> Pretty sweet. Um, right. Here's an IMD behind the scene. Dario Argento body doubling as the killer. Every shot of those black leather gloves as it was far more convenient for him to do it knowing exactly the movements to make for the camera and stuff Mm -hmm. and it's also i think with like murder mystery ones it is really a a fun way of fucking with the audience when you have these scenes of the quote-unquote killer but not actually having the actor actress doing Mm -hmm. the scenes and having someone completely different doing it because it just i don't know even on a subconscious level like you're like oh i don't know who the fuck this is (laughs) no i have no idea who the hell this is then we see the black hands holding a photo of a young girl and takes out like a red sharpie writes number three next to him and carefully covers those blades and puts them back in the desk just like so neatly i i liked it for some reason <laughs> um organized now killers. we meet his friend yep. carl the italian ron howard he gets a newspaper and meets uh, our protagonist usual garbage <laughs> yeah <laughs> the fucking okay this movie has some of the best one-liners i feel almost mm-hmm. in there's a lot movie. of gr- i would agree there's a lot of great lines in this movie um so he meets our protagonist sam sup we learned Sam was a promising American writer, um, but now he is writing a manual for rare birds and is dating a model who's mm-hmm. coming back into town. And he, they're about to learned, get out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We learned Sam came to Italy two years ago looking for inspiration, but he's still a struggling artist as well. We're walking through the dead bird area. The so huge yep. bird exhibit of all the tax free birds is wild. There's, yeah, that's most amount of birds are going to get. Uh, they go, Sam gets paid, and they're like, hey, don't you want a copy of the book? And he's like, I don't need it. I got the cash. So he, I liked that moment. Fun little characterization. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I think what's different about Sam versus some of the other protagonists is that like he's cocky, and he's got this bravado about him, but it's not over the top or like super... Um, I guess ignorant would be the best way of putting it where it's like, I I, like Sam's one of the most believable protagonists for me in this, where it's like, he's not so over the top, but like what he does, like, I love that. Like him feeling this, this is all I need. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, me too. I also love the way he dresses in this movie. I want to dress the way he dresses in this movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Just throwing that out there. Although, except with that mustache, you'd look like something out like Starsky and Hutch. Do you want us to like? I was thinking about shaving it down to the little Inspector Morosini mustache. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Do you want us to hold you accountable is... to dress start dressing like that? <laughs> You're just throwing it yeah. out there. I mean, ultimately, it's on you to get those clothes. Unless you want us to buy yeah, you clothes. <laughs> Yeah, that's that is what I want you to do. <laughs> I'd really like to start dressing like that. Just dropping a few hints. Just hints. He's got a GoFundMe. <laughs> I'll support it. Okay. Now Sam is walking home by himself, uh, walking by an art gallery, and he witnesses a woman getting attacked. Sorry, but I think you could do his hair too. I think you could pull that cut off. You could, because you got that little baby curly thing going. I think it would sit really well. You'd look a lot less like a. You should cosplay. (laughs) You you could cosplay this entire look. Where okay, so Sam's walking Mm -hmm. home, going by that art gallery. He sees the struggle, starts across the street, almost gets hit by a car, comes back. The figure's running away, and she's bleeding. He's trying to get to her. He walks in this like glass room, and he triggers some security thing, and he's now trapped in a glass box, and it's all white What's and bright the, and, lit, um, and there's statues, and it's amazing. The guy, well, the attacker hits a button, which closes Sam in, so he can't advance oh, any Oh, is that further. what it was? Yeah, so it's like the attacker... <laughs> I, it's one of the weirdest style choices, but I'm totally for it. Instead of going down the stairs, just jumps off of the landing yeah. <laughs> and then runs to the back door, opens the back door, and he hits a button the second Sam walks in, and it closes him into this soundproof cake, like, yeah. buttons, I yeah. guess. The, the, I thought it was closing the door behind yeah, him. Yeah, because the door, he, he, ran, he runs into it. The door's like closed off he can't get further than that first entrance point anyway yeah and, and then, then the guy hits it and then closes why yeah, yeah. lock him in there so i th- so we okay can't go so the cops maybe if we're re- i don't know if we're really jumping the shark honestly i think it was to protect sam oh could be because yeah. totally yeah so like i think Not that, that move was done yeah. anything in her state but yeah I, what do you I mean to protect mean? him yeah, or to let try and give her more time to die. The, well, perhaps he was locked yeah. out from her. How would he? Be, what do you mean protect him? I'm confused. I'm sorry. I I, I hear what you're saying though. How would that protect him? How that? would that protect him? Yeah, I don't know. I think it was just a way of him not being able to access or get help. I guess I maybe thought he tripped some her? sort of alarm that was like him trying to break into the place, and that's why it did that. So it trapped the burglar. That would the make sense. Game. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That I mean, but, I could see that right being the system set in place for theft or something because it's clearly it's like you said an art gallery, and this yeah, is one of the times yeah, I was yeah. thinking too that like. One of the things that just Argento or any of these Italian filmmakers really have going for them is the beautiful architecture and scenery that they just. Oh my gosh, the street scenes. Granted, he knows how to frame it very well and present it in a very beautiful way. There's a way you could fuck that up, but like just having that at your fingertips is, yeah. It's amazing. All the time. Yeah. All the locations. Yeah. It's just so good. I also do love the fact that now when Sam is trapped in this thing, it's also soundproof. So him trying to get help and trying to advance to the street as these cars are going by and he finally gets like a passerby that he's like banging on the fucking window (laughs) who can't hear him, who just inevitably calls the cops anyways. 
I love that guy. He tells the guy to call the police and the guy kind of walks away. You don't know what's happening. He turns back to Monica and bangs on the window. He's like, it's okay. I've called the police. (laughs) (laughs) Which all she uh, hears is just him frantically waving his arms. And this all is like, it. even though you don't see a lot, it's all white. She's wearing white. She's stabbed in the stomach. There's some blood and she's just like reaching for him and bleeding out. Right. It's still like this, you know, because of his history, traumatic. this made me think of a really nicer version of opera. Like, I didn't think mm-hmm. this is how the like, I didn't think he was going to be getting caught in boxes the rest of the movie while other people were getting killed. But just the idea of him helplessly not being able to do anything while someone's suffering, I thought was mm-hmm. kind of like. Yeah. Kind of an interesting, like, Could oh, be maybe a seed. Yeah, a little seed for opera later on. So, yeah. uh, the police arrive, save the girl. Sam meets Inspector Morosini. He becomes one of our main characters in the film. They chat. Alberto Ranieri, the owner of the gallery, shows up, and we learn the stab woman is his wife, Monica. As- I-, I-, I refer to him as Ascot Gallery Daddy. That works. <laughs> that totally works. Yeah. He runs up and goes, Monica. Monica, who did this, Monica? Oh, Monica. He's like a little Limburg, but like I'm totally for it. Like I think a lot of these characters border on Limburg or cheese acting for me, but it's just it just knocks on the door. So it's not super cheesy. I don't know. All of this. I'm fucking into it. Like I, the second this guy shows up, I'm like, OK, this is the bar that we're setting. This is great. I love that all the officials seem to think the stab wounds nothing they're like everybody. That it's a flesh. Anything, they're like, oh, it's fine. It's a flesh. Wound. Whatever. She's actually good. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the inspector is suspicious of the husband, but allows him and Monica to leave for the hospital. Sam tells Inspector Morsini there's something odd about the memory of the attack, but he just can't place it. The uh, first then, of an Argento trope. <laughs> yep. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. The memory I thing. I saw something, but I didn't see it right. They start walking around the place. The inspector finds a glove with blood on it. He has to touch it and rub it on his hand to make sure it's blood, I guess. Ew. Who fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. Also, I know I talked about this off when we before recording recording holy fucking shit i'm watching an italian movie where the cops are doing their job like they're indexing things like they're actually working a crime scene and cops doing their job in a giallo is that blew my mind but they're still like like csi still helping a struggling artist writer (laughs) solve they're still yeah walking him through the crime scene and like right oh yes put your hands in your pockets your help with but yeah we could which is that's what i was gonna say i love that they yell at him being like keep your hands in your pockets yeah don't don't do that don't try to touch anything as opposed to uh we need to like get you out of the crime scene and go talk to you a little bit separately yeah exactly well if you didn't know that like italy is one of the 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 grandfathers of true crime in the fact that they let foreign citizens just take over investigations Mm. if you're visiting i have noticed that That tracks (laughs) (laughs) we need to go to italy (laughs) we gotta go to italy let's solve some murders Three podcasters. <laughs> That's the next Argento film. <laughs> All right. Now we cut to Sam at the police station, and he's getting frustrated because he's given him the same story so many times. Sam tells the inspector he's going back to America in two days, and the inspector's like, oh, really? Let me see your passport. And then he Never keeps give it up your passport. Zoink! Shouldn't have done it. Great little moment. We... 
He won't let him leave because he's I such do an like important the, witness. This is when we learn that there have been yes. three prior victims. I do like it's a little later on, but I do like that instead of because he threatens to call the consulate and like he's like, I don't call the fucking consulate. This is bullshit and a bunch of other shit. And I do like the fact that he kind of goes, all right. So he just cancels his flight like he does the classy thing and he goes like, all right, I'm not going to cross like an international stink. I'll help you guys out. You will help. That's exactly right, Ross. That was my next line. <laughs> Now, Sam is walking home in the fog. <laughs> oh, the fog stalking Someone scene is, is so following good. him. Yeah. It's getting stalked. The pump, the, yeah. It happened. Dude, the, pu- the pump fake to me is so good where it's like, because you think the way it's set up and he's always looking behind his back. So it gives you this like weird hesitation of the stalking coming up from behind. Right. So when the person in front of him, the old lady, like that actually, that was an effective jump scare for me. I don't care. Like it actually, I was like, Oh shit. Okay. And then the double whammy of fucking, it's behind you or whatever. Yeah. She yells. Yes. (laughs) And And then that like fucking hatch. It's not even a hatchet. Like Like it's a fucking cleaver. Yeah. It's certainly huge. Cleaves that water pipe. It does cleave. It will kill. Fun. I'm glad he tried it right. Pipe cleaver. Water pipe that way. Something did it. Oh water yeah, he pipe brought cleaver. his pipe, pipe cleaver. cleaver. Yeah, it's what plumbers yeah. use. A ple a cleaver. <laughs> it's a cleaver. Sam chases the figure, but they take off in a car, and he doesn't get to. We don't know who it was. Now he comes nope. home. His gorgeous girlfriend is waiting in bed for him. Hasn't seen him for a month, and he's just <laughs> like, "Oh, let me tell you about my day." My day. Yeah. And it has sucked. I'll give him that. <laughs> It, it yeah it did and then he goes it everything was true i okay so the this whole sequence you're boning your girlfriend and then having these like visualizations of this stabbed woman mm-hmm. was just kind of but it happens a few times during this mm-hmm. is that like he's trying to get a nut and then like he's just <laughs> like by he's like mid coitus <laughs> and then he just goes like oh i remember this <laughs> it's like, yeah it's like yeah. stop just you could do something else. Like, do a it's puzzle. Argento memory. Like, I don't... <laughs> so that happens. Now it cuts to uh, Sam's looking at a lineup wall, and we get one of the best lines of the movie. <laughs> oh, my Ross, gosh. Yeah. Send in the perverts! And they bring in a line of perverts for Sam to recognize. They start going through them all. They're all, Come like... Rap sheets. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them, like, expose themselves, or they're pedophiles or something and then we have the last one's transvestite and inspector morsini gets mad he's like you can't put uh ursula with the perverts and ursula's like well i should hope not and walks off <laughs> great little moment it's fantastic i fucking love, love to see that, that especially in 1970 <laughs> right sam goes with the inspector <laughs> to view their advanced computing forensics and this is what oh we get that card out of <laughs> like uh, this is like NASA and Willy Wonka yes. had a baby and like there's just this huge fucking machines in the background and the glove analysis is just like I was I audibly laughed out loud like I was like what the fuck is the this print there's out a lot of, of the interesting San analysis. Diego looking oh my god yes thing in the paper oh, that's god, yes. with holes. like this is what this we is think what they, they might look, look like, like. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck do you do with that it's unbelievable. Oh. We think they're wearing a hat and in an overcoat. I think oh, I, th- I love there's it. a deleted scene somewhere where someone comes in and is like, so this is what all the money went into? Like this uh, <laughs> equipment costs millions of dollars. And <laughs> Our roads have potholes. I'm supposed to but justify this, this to my higher ups? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh my God. Uh, then 
Inspector tries to get more info from Sam, but he's got can't recall anything new. Sam leaves to go to Monica Ranieri's apartment. The husband is there. He what'd you call him? Ascot Gallery Daddy. And he, yes, or uh, now in this scene, I call him Bargain Bin Christopher Lee. Oh, okay. Like he looks like he he has this like Christopher Lee like ambiance to him, and then he starts talking, and you're like, oh, oh no. No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. Uh, he won't let her, he won't let Sam see Monica. She's under sedation. She's been through enough. He's real cagey. And we're like, all right, this guy's definitely a suspect. Um, mm-hmm. He catches the cigarettes with his left hand. Oh, yeah. He does. He's like, yeah. Well, what do they say? Like, okay, so t- when they're in the glove examination thing, this guy smokes. Havana cigars um, is like very high class and is left-handed. So there's 150,000 people in the city that it could match yes. up to. So they're trying to like, <laughs> I also like Sam goes, so what are you waiting for? And the guy's like, it's 150,000 people. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Sam also asked how tall the husband was in that scene. He's like, oh, yeah, just how, curious. Uh, how tall? Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> Some of these, like, I'm just, he's just asking questions. Oh, totally. So, <laughs> it's important. <laughs> it's important. So Sam leaves. He doesn't get to see her. Now the gloved hand is taking photos at a racetrack of yeah. another young girl. So we're like, okay, clearly this Uh-oh. is our next victim. Now we're back with Sam and his girlfriend. They're going through the past victims, trying to see what they can come up with because they're going to start investigating. I feel like it's it's weird because it's, I mean, obviously it always happens just like either on their bed or a bunch of other stuff. So like I'm reading this, I'm like, God, they are like really into this true crime role playing going on right now. Like she's got like oh, yeah. newspaper clippings like all over her. and like, They're just like running down stuff. Well, yeah, because then he's like victim number one and she's like, oh, wait, and pulls out her like paper clip yes. one and starts giving him all the info. And he's like victim two. And then she goes into her whole like her whole spiel there. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. He gets his first hunch. They wind up going to the antique shop. They were into true crime before it was cool. Yeah, absolutely. It was cool. This is 1970s. Everyone just thought they were fucking weirdos. Model slash detective. So they decide they're going to go to the antique shop where the first victim worked. Sam gets there. The this is my favorite character. It's very flamboyant. Oh, you mean um, rape, rapey Dr. Loomis? Like he flirty. kind of looks like Dr. Lewis from Halloween. And I don't know. He's he like, there is no personal bubble with that man. He's like breathing into Sam. Like he's just, it's like, I didn't think he was going to rape him. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think he was going to be raping anyone. I, he was very touchy feeling. I don't know. I got real gross vibes from that man. Like I wouldn't be alone with him for more than five minutes. Just very turned on by Sam. Uh, I think clearly. he's turned on by antiques. I think he's turned on by people being asked <laughs> Life. questions. I think he's like... He's just a turned on kind of guy. And I mean, Sam is certainly handsome enough to just add to the like the sure, cherry on top. He clearly has a thing for This Sam. guy comes that in is... and starts hitting on all the right things. Like, come on. This guy's going to go <laughs> right. wild. Yeah, no, he's fun. There's also, <laughs> there's also so much in this scene that is just like, why wouldn't you tell the police any of this? Because you don't do that. The police all, didn't like, ask. He wants to be the one to solve the case. Exactly. Didn't ask. If they ask, he'll, he'll give up the information. She sold a pa- <laughs> I just like the fact she sold a painting, then went missing the second she sold the painting. 
And then the painting is of a woman getting murdered in a field. And then she's murdered in a field. It's like... Maybe they sent even... an ugly policeman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have time for They'll it. Always blame it on the ugly policeman. So uh, they the painting was sold to to someone. A painting was sold to someone right before the victim died. They do yeah. have a photo of that painting. Um, and it's like somebody, like a woman getting attacked <laughs> on a snowy hill. They're like stabbed in a field. It's like, it was just like. It's like you take one of those like classic, like, you know, cottage in the forest photos or on yes, like a snowy yeah. landscape and then the, just add in someone you getting murdered. In it. The painting the <laughs> yes. killer buys from the antique store heavily resembles Peter Bruegel, the elders, the hunters in the snow painting which okay. i looked up and might be the image you're thinking of you know what i mean it was like what yeah. if you look it up you'll be like oh i've seen this a million times i didn't sure. know it was a thing yeah so it's a funny he brings it home puts it on picture. the wall yeah his girlfriend hates it can't blame her of course <laughs> There's something odd about it and i mean now once we, we see meet the, the artist we un- i understand a little bit more uh, yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely all makes sense now we see the painting in color hanging um and in the in the killer's uh, home next this to transition photos of the scene next I thought victim. was yeah. fucking great. Like when it goes from the print copy that's on Sam's wall and then it fades into the color on the killer's wall, I thought it was just like mm, that was mm, mm-hmm, mm, chef's kiss. I'm with you. Lots Pretty of good. great Argento vibes Pretty in it. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. You know what? I put a stamp victim. of approval on that. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> on that transition. <laughs> next. It's a good that transition. Stamp of approval. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. next victim is being stalked through town at night. She makes it home, and then we see a cloaked figure step into the foreground. I sorry. I, lo- I love the to pump bed with fake. a lit cigarette. Oh yeah, go ahead. I said no, I love the pump fake they give during the stalking scene because she goes through like the entire time you get like the killer's kind of like stalking POV-ish, right? So like you see her in she goes into the park and you're like, oh god damn it. And then she makes it to the cops. You're like, yes! And she's like, Oh, okay, I gotta go this way later, guys. And then you're like, oh <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> and then to her apartment. Yeah, great visual storytelling. So now yeah, she's in her apartment. She's going to bed with a little lit cigarette. Just a little bit of titty showing, too. You know, through that little Italian. Mm-hmm. Little see-through nighty thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, like, 1970s nighty is Very tasteful. Awesome. For, it's awesome. You know, oh, it's awesome. Ross gives that his stamp of approval. <laughs> yeah, I was. I literally, I was Ross like, is borrowing his co- stamp for that one. <laughs> well, it's just like in most of these, in most of these hey, Brian, giallos, like stamp. it's just be topless or like something more the, gratuitous. Yeah, and I, and I think it's the titty stamp of approval. No, I do like the fact that it's like it's still uh, like provocative and it's still like risque, but it's not nudity. I which agree. I thought I was like, okay, this is like classier. It's classier, sexy. Totally, yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Whatever makes you sleep at night. <laughs> um, so she's going into bed with a cigarette. Suddenly the killer appears. The POV on that was great. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, she's scared. He's kind of taunting her with a knife. Rips off her panties. Stabs her. Okay. Did you, okay. When you guys saw this for the first time, there was like a 20% in me that was like, oh my God, is this guy going to stab her right in her vagina? 
Mm. Like there was because he cuts the underwear off, but like it's literally standing right there. I'm like, oh, goo. And then I realized before when I watched this on Prime is that it had like the PG-13 <laughs> up front. So I was like, OK, it can. I don't think it's going to get this. I don't think it's going to get this extreme. No, I didn't think it was going to go there. <laughs> Part of me did, though, because he hesitated for a second. I was like, I oh, no. You. Oh, goo. Don't don't do that. Did just not stab in the pussy mind. thunder. <laughs> <laughs> just stab in the so- or whatever you Jeez. said. Then, then, he, then he goes and stabs Thunder Pussy. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> and you're welcome for that new clip of me. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Sam and Monica are in Sam's apartment staring at the photo of the painting when they get a surprise visit from the inspector. Um, this when I added, I love that the inspector keeps going to this failed artist for help with the case. Argento oh. establishing a trademark early. <laughs> this damn thing is turning into obsession. Also, this is the longest pause of like, why were you up so late that I've ever seen? Like he sits there, he goes, I was up really late. And then there's a solid minute of them just sitting there drinking coffee. And he goes, <sighs> I guess so why were you up so late? You wanted me to ask. <laughs> it's kind of a leading question. Yeah, right. I, right. Did, I, cause I, I didn't get any sleep last night. I was up so late. No sleepy poo for old inspector. <laughs> Just, late. It was like late, late, late. So why didn't you the... get any sleep? <laughs> ah, well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> so Inspector Morsini came to ask him to come to the station for more assistance. There's been another victim. The inspector gives Sam his passport back, um, but Sam's like, you know what? I'm going to stay. I think I'm, I'm on involved to now. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the inspector's like, Great, if you need help with your investigation, you let me know. He's like, actually, I do. I need to interview a pimp that's in jail. He's like, no problem. You can do that. <laughs> you can totally do that. All right. Just a little before that, Julia rips fucking the inspector a new asshole Basically saying, like, hey, mm-hmm. fuck you. Like, I can't believe you're doing this to him. Like, why would you do that? And then no one slapped her. Yeah. Which I that, oh, which I was like, this is yeah, also a different. Tr- like, she literally spoke her piece also, and there was no violence towards women, which I was like, this is amazing. Is, is Am I watching the, a giallo? Is that the weird moment where he thinks he recognizes her from somewhere? Well, and she's like, I think no, that I'm is like at the beginning of this scene. I think so. yeah, What's like, that about? Yes. I have no what? idea. I was going to ask that about that. Never and they anything, never bring right? it back up. Right. Although I think it's because she's a model, so he sees her from like probably like a print ad or I don't maybe. know. I think they're maybe like she's somewhat famous. Yeah. It's but they never a, follow like, up with it or check in. Way of like I can reveal how I really know you or something like that. Yeah, right. I, can, totally. I will ruin you. I'll tell you. It's a red herring. Absolutely. It's just another red herring, probably. But ultimately, it's nothing. But he does kind of like she does go off on that like tirade or whatever at him and yelling at him and we don't get a slap but he is just kind of like okay uh and like just ignores <laughs> it let's go <laughs> but it's crazy though because like he winds up giving him his passport back and kind of like somewhat mm-hmm. not apologizes but is like here's your shit back okay you know what maybe i overset my bounds which is like again like all of the classic giallo tropes are literally 180'd in this movie. Like, the cops are responsive. They're actually doing their job. Like, 
they're like, I mean, again, we do have some random foreigner trying to do an investigation, but they're actively communicating with each other and actually talking about what they're finding out where I'm like, this is so un. <laughs> this is. This is this is where like all the tropes go right where you're like this is okay so all, like all, all the, the logic came from on this. this and then yeah. mucked them all up <laughs> yeah it's weird it's it's really funny that this is the first of his movies so he says yeah I'll get I'll get you in touch with the pimp Sam leaves and they get a phone the inspector gets a phone call from the killer saying that Ghost uh, he, style. he will have a fifth murder to solve by the end of the week. <laughs> and then like a click 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 sam goes back to the gallery only to learn it's moving alberto ranieri makes a remark about the sculpture being a most interesting example of cosmic art don't know Ooh. if y'all picked that up but I had to shout that out for the nightclub <laughs> the, the 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 gallery guy was like and this uh Sculpture you see right here is cosmic as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Cosmic, bro. Yep. Monica thanks Sam for saving her life, but Alberto clearly doesn't want her talking to Sam and whisks her upstairs. This is when uh, Sam goes to interview uh, the pimp, so long, the crying. stuttering pimp. So long, oh. our crying pimp. Who has to say so long to try and not stutter, and he's just so upset because he's not there to protect the girls, and none of his guys would do anything like this to girls. They they want to kill women. It must be a rich guy, a, a gentleman. You know, they are the ones that get I- these sorts of ideas, and I just love that. Well, I do love that when he first says so long that Sam's like, oh, bye. Oh, all right, gets <laughs> yeah. up to go leave, and then he's like, where are you going? And then he's like, well, you said so long. And then explains the whole thing. I'm like, that's kind of funny that you <laughs> all this time to get this set up and you're going to ask one question. And then <laughs> all right, well, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I love all these fun characters that he meets along the way. Yeah. Sam is now walking down the street with Julia, telling him about his me- telling her about the meeting with his pimp. And there's a guy following behind. She's like, this guy's been following us for hours. She just points it out for some reason if he's been following for hours. Yeah, right. He's like, oh, that's that's our bodyguard. That's one of the cops. That's cool. Um, but not cool for long because a car zooms up behind him, runs over the cop, chases after them. Uh, there's two people in the car. They're chasing Sam and Julia. Jazz chase ensues. Dude. What the fuck? Like, okay, so this fucking, this guy gets creamed, and then the guy comes out with, like, the hitman comes out, Strange and then this fucking crazy-ass jazz. I My notes Bright are in all jacket. caps. What the fuck movie did I just walk into? Because, like, usually to Jalo, like, you just don't have an assailant. You see his face with a fucking firearm. I was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Who yeah. was this guy? Needles. He... Needles, the boxer, he is like an accomplice. I think he was just hired as a hitman or a hired for okay. hired gun. Yeah, yeah. To do this. Now, here's Correct. the question. Maybe I should ask this later. But who do you think hired Needles? Oh, I don't know. Do you think? It, yeah, let's, I think since we haven't at a done point, it yet. Let's save it since we okay. haven't done it mm-hmm. at this point. You yeah. know what I mean? That's true. But try yeah, and remember yeah. who hired Needles. So, Jazz Chase ensues, uh, this strange-looking guy in a bright jalo jacket and a, a gun is chasing Sam and Julia. Julia hides. Sam keeps going. They He gets into a bus depot, and then there's this fun cat-and-mouse jazz 
Bus turns Depot the lights scene. on, starts shooting out stuff. I mean, Sam is pretty good. Yeah, at it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. I do it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was going to ask, but I didn't want to put you on the spot. Don't, don't test it, people out there. Please don't test it. <laughs> the guy chasing. Oh, so then Sam gets out of the bus depot, still getting chased and shot at, but he gets to like where people are. He runs up to a group of taxi cab drivers and he's like, there's a man with a gun after me. And they don't seem to care. Uh, but because he's in a public space now, he put the guy chasing him, puts his gun away and walks away. But now Sam the, is going to follow him. The hunter has become the hunted. I do also like the fact that this guy, Needles, literally shows up in that intersection with the gun fully out, faces all the people that are staring at him and like goes like, oh, whoops, and just like puts it in and then he goes like. Act natural. Just starts walking the other so uh yeah so now sam is following this guy he follows him through town into a hotel asks like a bus boy where the guy went he's like oh yeah i saw a guy with a yellow jacket it's uh (laughs) oh hi hi, sir (laughs) yeah that guy has a strange voice and um it points him to a room he's like yeah i saw a guy yellow jacket going there and it's a convention um apparently a convention of former boxers it's like um, Olympic boxers or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And they're all dressed the same. Um, so that's just a fun moment. Sam, for some reason, goes in and starts looking around for this guy, even though it seems like he's not on home territory anymore for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But just doesn't find him. And we cut to Sam and Julia with the police as they learn the body car- cop died. Um, that whole man in the yellow jack sequence from the beginning to the end I love it. It's just, again, the stylization. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it's because, you know, I think in a lot of Jellos, you're not, that's not a scene you'd normally see. You right. know what I mean? Where it's like, this is a, just a dude with a gun just trying to fucking kill these guys. <laughs> We're just like, oh, shit, this is super action packed. Right, yeah. The inspector wants to track down all the convention attendees and send Sam back to the States, but Sam wants to say because he senses he's getting closer to the truth. A young woman is dropped off her, at her apartment. Uh, clearly our next victim. And this apartment has an incredible triangular staircase inside it. That uh, triangle staircase mm-hmm. is so cool. Amazing. Like like Brian was saying earlier in the episode, like the architecture and the things that you can shoot around Italy is to the benefit of all of these jealous because everything just looks so fucking interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the sequence exactly. shot of her going up yeah. the triangle and stairs. It's is like, shot God. well too. You know what I mean? You, so you well. have yeah. this thing and you know how to highlight it and use it. It's fantastic. Right. So awesome staircase. Oh, then we get the, all out uh, the lights. The lights go out. Yep. <laughs> oh, here we and she has to light a match to light her way. It's just, when, that's all I thought about when this fucking, when like, what is, it's, is it Gina? Is this the girl's name that gets killed in this sequence? The victim? I think. I don't know. Yeah. I don't okay. have it. But I just, the candlelight, and then while I'm watching it on my TV, it's mm. just a whole screen of black. And then, like, this this girl holding this candle around. Oh, sure. And I was like, ooh, Outwater's vision. Nice. It probably actually has it. a little bit more light than the Outwater. It, it does, does yes. actually. Because yeah. I can actually see, yeah. like, you see more. You see her face. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you see her face. It doesn't, leave, it doesn't leave anything to the imagination. <laughs> it leaves way, yeah. Yeah, it gives way, way too, too well lit. <laughs> it just, just gives it all well away. lit for Outwater's. Yeah. Um, and then we get our slicey slice. So, yeah, she's going to 
a phone booth, I guess. Is that where she gets what she gets attacked into? Um, no, she's in her. Sp- it seems like a room? small room. Maybe it's a front hallway. It seems very like a crammed it area. It was so dark. I have no. I have no um, idea. But this one, we get the attack. The one that I was saying feels a little more visceral, even oh, though you don't see much. Yes. This one, yeah. like, could make yeah. you squirm a little bit. Oh, totally. Oh, sure. Yeah, like this is. I th- again, I think this is like ground zero for like Tenebrae. You know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, this is how we mm-hmm. shot a razor blade death in this one, and then be like, how? Like this was the stepping stone to the more hardcore shit that you see later on. Because it still looks gnarly. It's almost I I can yeah. definitely see the Hitchcock reference in this because it's like a lot of off camera slicing and then going back mm-hmm. to like the montage of just like her like screaming and then having more wounds on her. So it's like I think it's like more of that like um, subconscious like you think you see way more than what you actually see. Yeah, I think the writing right. too leans a lot more to Hitchcock and just a lot just being so much tamer than his yeah. other work. Mm-hmm. So now Sam goes to the pimp again. So long gives him the lead on the tipster. This is another fun character. The tipster shows oh, up. So great. Yeah. Tell us about the yeah. tipster, Ross. <laughs> oh God. The tipster is so, f- I just like the fact when he calls him up and he's like, I don't know anything, but I do know something. <laughs> he shows up and then just him like hooting and hollering about, just like, I had to walk up four flights of stairs. You guys don't even have a fucking elevator. <laughs> you need an elevator. He goes, I can't help you at all, but I can help you for $100. <laughs> like, 100,000 lira. He's like. 100,000 lira, yeah. Like, money, what money? He's like, he, he he gets the money, goes to give it to him, and then he acts like he doesn't want it. So Sam turns away and he snags it, snatches it out of his hand and starts counting yes. it. Um, he goes, and maybe I'll have something for you tomorrow. He reminded me in the best way possible. Like he was an informant in Dick Tracy. Like, it's yes. one of those, like, mm-hmm. like he would be referred to as, like, double talk Tony or something like that, where he's like, I'm not going to help you. I'm totally going to help you. Like, this, like, yeah. like, everything he said contradicted itself in the next sentence. And yeah. I fucking, ah, oh, God, I love him so it. much. He was, yeah. he was like, yeah, he's like our Jallo bloodhound. I so, like that there's, like, information guys. This guy is supposed to get him information on whoever tried to kill him the other night, the guy yes. in the yellow jacket. Right. Mm-hmm. Then he leaves, Sam gets a call from the killer and tells Sam if he doesn't drop everything, he's going to kill his girlfriend, Julia. They record the call and give it to police, and there's a strange noise in the background that they're going to investigate. A clue. A creaky sound clue. Yeah, it sounds like a machine or something to me. Mm -hmm. Sam and Julia stare at... Oh, yeah, Should analyze it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. Also, the fucking the, like in this episode, the the shot of them holding hands while examining the painting was also just like this. Like, what oh, you guys are so deep it. in the sauce right now. Yeah. Like, get the fuck, just get out of town. Like, you don't need to do. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Uh, what did I write? Sam and Julia stare at the painting, hoping for inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> right. The tipster calls and tells him to check out an ex-fighter named Needles. Sam goes to Needles' place, and it's pretty shitty, and it appears empty. Sam's looking around, closes the door. We see an arm hang down. Then Sam finds a hypodermic needle, so we know why they call him Needles. And uh, he goes to do something, and he plops down, and the man in the yellow jacket is dead and, like, stuff to do a crawl space or It's something. crazy. It's like Who he, he got, it's like death by origami. Like, he was, like, folded <laughs> and then, like, neatly shoved into a cubby. Yeah. <laughs> Great place to, for display, though. 
That's true. Um, so now Sam is with the inspector at this fancy forensic place. Tells him, hey, you know, the guy who tried to kill me, I found him dead. And they talk about uh, mumbo jumbo about how they can analyze noise, but no, everything they do, science says they can't figure out what this sound is. They don't have it recorded. They've compared it to so much. They hundreds of sounds industrial computer this and that and they never say like they compared it to animal. anything natural or animal <laughs> yeah. like, they didn't think to do that um so now but they were Sam still trying decided... they said they were gonna still try yeah well we'll put our heads together we'll keep going S- sam has decided you know what i am gonna go back to america he's he's stoked he's been writing like a madman his friend from the beginning comes to visit him um he's packing and uh he plays the tape for his friend and he's like you know i think i know that sound but i can't place it um and then as they're packing they get really horned up and start yeah they do start yeah. right in front of him. right in front of his <laughs> while friend he's, while yeah. he's smoking his havana cigar he could uh-huh. have stayed and watched oh he uh, absolutely he, he absolutely he didn't feel could have stayed and watched he was yeah. like i will get out of here i'm just gonna borrow this tape and right. leave <laughs> and that is what he does but he totally the, absolutely could have stayed they were like where are you going (laughs) yeah right (laughs) hey where are you going i thought you were gonna watch it is really funny too because at this point especially when the cops are like the the voices don't match and it's two separate people that called from the cops and to him is that like now you have this like weird thing it's like oh my god there's multiple killers so everybody who was smoking in that movie from now on where i was like oh it's got to be that it's got to be this fucking weird guy (laughs) Uh, they they do a good job of throwing a lot of potential baddies in the mix. So he leaves, but before they really start going for it, Sam gets that inspiration from the painting he was looking for. Bro. And I get that inspiration is they never thought, like, who made this painting? Are they painting. live? Can we go talk to them? But he thought of it now, so he calls the gallery owner. The gallery's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. I love you. And he tells him, yeah, the artist is alive. He lives out here. You can go find him. <laughs> He's got eight hours till his flight, which I thought of the fact that he goes, I have eight hours. I can make it out there. I can there make it happen. And come back. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you think he he's like, how much time do we have before we go? And they're still about to do it. And she's like, eight hours. And you think she's about to be like, what are you planning? Yeah, but exactly. Instead, he's like, I'm planning on leaving. Bye-bye. Um, isn't this also the scene where she starts throwing shit at him she's like are yeah. you fucking yes. serious yeah she throws flowers at him and then he's like oh yeah. if you need anything called morsini and she throws a vase at him as he leaves i i um, i really do like i don't know i really do like julia's character in this is the fact where it's like this is the most lot like logic rules this movie where it's like sam leaves but also on a recording he says if you pursue this i'm gonna mercilessly kill your girlfriend so she has full right to be losing her shit she's like we're fucking leaving in eight hours like what the fuck like this guy literally said he's gonna try to kill me if you he does have two cops outside that'll be there while he's yeah it'll be while he's doing this this is important. So he goes goes into the country, find, pulls up to this weird boarded up warehouse looking place that the artist lives in. Sam yells inside and the artist drops a ladder down from the window so that he can. <laughs> I want to buy a painting. Climb inside. Yeah. Um, so he comes inside. He's pretending he's there to buy a painting, being polite, drinking the wine, eating the food. 
learns that the painting was of a real incident from a girl he knew that was attacked by a maniac. Ten um, years ago. Yeah. Um, and then the artist is like, you know, I got something for you that you'd really like. Some early Cassini or whatever his last name is. He's like, there's rare stuff. Let me go get it for you. So he goes to his back room and a cat runs out. He's like, oh, damn cat, get it. Don't let it out. And they shut the door and he gets the cat and don't reaches down and pulls it out from behind the couch. And he's like, oh, these cats are tricky creatures. And he goes back into the room and you see there's this like big cage full of cats. He puts it in the cage, and he's getting his painting. And he's like, oh, here's my painting. And Sam's <laughs> like, why worry. Why do you keep them in cages? He's like, oh, so you know, they don't get out, plus uh, this way they get fat. And he's like, why do you want them to get the f- fat? And he's like, I eat them. And so he's like, okay. And they start talking about the painting, and then Sam's eating. I would never eat look, a cat. And he- <laughs> he's like, oh, no? And oh, no, you you, you you've never you eaten, a cat? eaten a cat yeah because you just ate a cat with me yeah, yeah you didn't mention that this, the plate. artist looks like a fucking like caveman he does well. his yeah. hair is all he fucked is up a bushy big, hairy big beard big, big bushy beard. hair yes. paint he all has over the bricked place. up every window and fucking door on the first floor like he's in his own like little crow's nest artist this guy <laughs> looks meaty Very, too like, he's got a berry. meaty face and meaty hands mm-hmm. Yes, bearish. But he's an artist. Like, and then if he gets, this I guy like, was in the when they're having their little dinner in the beginning, like and our Sam's eating cat and all that stuff. He like gets inspiration and just runs up and like colors in the sun on one of his paintings. <laughs> yeah, yeah adds something yeah. to the, the master. That's it. That's it. A masterful move. Yeah, he's like, I don't put paint that shit anymore. I'm going through my mystical period. <laughs> what yes. is that? Uh, I don't know. Mystical or whatever. I don't know. Mystical. What do you want from me? but yeah, uh, yeah so then we yeah he it's cat so the the guy gives him the price as sam learned because it's in a fun little bit as well as sam realizes he hates the cat so he's like five hundred thousand. he's like no oh god because he realized he ate the cat he's like uh 150 right. oh no no and it keeps going lower and lower and sam just runs away because i do he, like he that throws he the painting throws the painting yeah, <laughs> yeah. he offers him 50 and then throws it out he goes ah to hell with you uh, cute now sam calls julia to tell her his train is running late she <laughs> tells him that uh his friend the one who took the tape had called with important news for him she hangs up and we get the killer pov from outside their apartment killer breaks into the building and in like a thrown away line of dialogue earlier, we learned this whole building's about to be torn down. So the mm-hmm. rest of it, except for Sam's place, is just holes through walls. The killer can get yeah. wherever he wants, it seems. Julia hears a noise outside. And knowing a killer's after her and all these things, she just runs it's out, Sam. assuming it's Sam. And is like, oh, Sam, you're here. Nope, it's the killer. We see our figure come out. She runs inside, tries to call the police. Figure cuts the phone line. She barricades the door, tries to escape through the window, but finding it barred, she collapses to the floor. I uh, like the fact that she takes that, like, candelabra, like, that candlestick, and then, yeah. like, tries breaking it, and then it just fucking wedges it into stuck. the glass pane. Yeah. Like, it's stuck, that. and she's like, yeah. oh, fuck. This is also fucking, like, kind of, I don't know, part of it to me felt like this was comical, and then the other part of me thought this was, like, super fucking intense, is that, like, also, the first time in a Jello, I've literally seen a dude take a dagger to 
carve a fucking peephole. <laughs> like, right. ew. Like, oh, God. Like, he, they, who, the killer knows that Sam is not there right. and may right. not be there for a while. So instead of, like, trying to immediately barge in, it's carving your own peephole is, like, ew. Oh, God damn it. Because at, at that point, I'm also figuring the cops are either not there or, or he, uh, the killer killed the cops. Right. They're supposed to be watching. I would assume so, yeah. Yeah. But then someone calls Julia's name, gotta be one of the cops, and the killer runs off. Mm-hmm. Now it's the next day. The killer escaped, unfortunately. They weren't it got no, away. Maybe he the, didn't sorry, yeah, maybe he didn't kill the cops. He just snuck in past the cops. Yeah, snuck through I the, think I think it was Sam that actually called. I had the subtitles on and it had like Sam yelling. But how she so I think, just got off the phone and he was like the train uh, like is know. running late. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that literally yeah. just happened. There's no way it'd be Sam. Right? I think the subtitles got it wrong. His friend. Uh, so it's the next day and uh, they, they start going at it again. And three of the people, the friends look it in and it kicks the door open. He's like, hey, peeping Tom. Eh? Um, even though they clearly don't care as established. His friend shows up to tell him that it's the sound of a rare bird, a bird that's feathers look like glass, hence the bird with the crystal plumage. And um, they don't live outside of like northern Siberia or something, but there is one in Italy. And here's a little behind the scenes for you. The Hornetus navalis bird species doesn't actually exist. The one seen in the film is played played by a gray crowned crane. Um, oh, so yeah. Totally it was like made up. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It didn't look special when we see it. I was like, oh, not no, a disappointing thing about the whole movie. So <laughs> this is before CGI because they try. You yeah. know how many you know how many cranes they went through spray painting silver, and then when they all died, that they're like, all right, I guess we'll just use a normal crane for this scene. They go to Dozens. the zoo where the bird is and realize that Alberto Ranieri, the gallery owner. His apartment is right next to the zoo. And when I say right next to it, it's practically fucking on top of the zoo. It's on top yes. of it. on top of it. His Ascot apartment gallery window daddy. is open, so mm-hmm. you can hear all the zoo noises as you would want to do if you lived on top of a zoo. Sure. Of course. Right. But they don't hear zoo noises. We hear Monica Ranieri scream from inside the apartment, and they ah. race towards it. When they mm-hmm. arrive, Alberto and Monica are struggling with a knife. Monica breaks free. Then they start trying to get Alberto. He stabs a cop real quick. Then they're while they're wrestling him down, he falls out a window. They try and hold on to him, but he falls totally. to the ground. That POV shot when he falls, um, the POV shot dropping to the ground, they just dropped a camera to the sidewalk and the camera broke, but the footage survived. Oh, that's awesome. This also this yeah. did get me a little bit too, because like while um Alberto is like He's clinging on to Sam. He's literally going like, I don't want to die. Please do not let fucking let me go. I don't want to die. <laughs> like whimpering. I was I like, love the shots God. of the shoes trying to get traction. Yes, like get traction. In. Oh, it's so yeah. good. And while this is going on too, fucking was it Julia, Monica, and the friend Carl. are like, they all bolted yeah. out yeah. of the apartment. Mm-hmm. Now we mm-hmm. cut to them on the ground. He's all bleeding that bright red Italian blood that I love so much. <laughs> Yeah, that bright red Italian blood, <laughs> and uh, he c- 
confesses to the murders before dying and the like cops mm-hmm. are there recording his confession <laughs> that was so weird he's got like the guy recording and then the doctor like right there he's like hey and he's dead all the murder of the people please take care of wife <laughs> so it's over but sam can't find julia his girlfriend and then he's walking around looking for her. He's asking some people. We get a really cool shot from above of Sam that like zooms out and then pans over to the building that the killer oh, is in. Yeah. Um and I Julia, very pretty girl, model obviously, and must be noticed by everybody in the city because he just walks around asking, Have you seen her? And they're like, Oh yeah, she went that <laughs> oh, way. Oh yeah, she went this way, she went that <laughs> yeah, way. This yeah, way yeah, yeah. that away. Vendors, janitors, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Until he's pointing to like this big brick building with a single door in it that she had you mean, gone you into. You mean this one? This one right here? Yes, that one exactly right there. Okay. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The fucking the take no shit custodian. Like the jail, like the fucking city worker's like, what did I just fucking say? It's right over there. <laughs> he's trying to get home, you're holding him up, doing his work exactly. and everything. Just a hard nosed Roman street janitor. <laughs> Try to get through a shift. All right. So Sam goes inside, sort of a strange empty building, and he finds a fully furnished room. But it's dark in there, so he's stumbling around in the dark. He doesn't notice Julia tied up on the floor. He lifts a curtain to let the light in, and he sees the original (gasps) macabre painting on the wall in full color. And he stumbles in the dark and lands at the feet of Carl, his bird friend who's sitting there smiling with a knife in his hand. It was Carl. But, wait, no. He falls over with a knife in his back. Carl's dead. Then we hear laughter, and out of the dark steps Monica. And this is the last reveal. Monica is the killer. Monica's the killer. So, now that Monica's the killer, did she hire needles? Or did... I think I it was her husband. Her husband, her husband probably yeah. did because yeah. he probably couldn't go yeah. through with killing, so he hired somebody to do it. Absolutely. Him. So he was probably in the car with needles. And yeah. now, in the beginning scene, mm-hmm. do you think Alberto closed Sam into that thing to protect him, or I still to make sure that, that he couldn't him. get help so his wife would bleed out? Yeah, I don't. Where he's like, what do you mean I by mean, protect him? I'm sorry. I don't. It would have to be the bleed out thing because the other yeah. one. Yeah. It, wouldn't protecting have worked, him would he, be letting him open. run away from her because she just yeah, the stomach. Yeah. she should be fine yeah <laughs> that's so true okay yeah because i think like knowing that like basically alberto was getting attacked in his gallery by his wife turns the knife on her i don't know part of me was sitting there going like oh my god there's this dude i i like i just, my wife needs to die <laughs> i love it. it gives i love how it gets so then uh when she's revealed, Sam replays the memory, and that's what was weird about it is that he realizes that she was the attacker. She had knife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I love it. Really gives a good reason for since Alberto knows she's doing these killings, but he's like helping her. That's why he says he was the one who did it. It really right. gives his character reason to be weird and sketchy about her and about people yes. talking to her. Right. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Obviously, though. It, if you don't know, it makes it seem like he's the the killer. So it's it's uh, right. great reason, reasoning there. 
which you often don't get in any kind of movie. So there's a chase scene through the building. There's this amazing shot um, where Sam opens a doorway and the room's completely back black, but he's just framed in yes. the door. I love, so love that shot. And uh, the lights come on and it's the art gallery and Monica drops that cosmic wall right on top of him. <laughs> um, but thankfully all the spikes miss him because that's cosmic art will do that for you. Also, something I realized, doesn't this mean, that means that this building is what the art gallery was in? So you would think that Sam being on some side of it would have been like, oh, this is for the art gallery. <laughs> like, isn't this right. the same building? It is, yeah. but it is interesting, though, right. that her murder layer connects to the gallery. So yeah. you're, I'm assuming right. that, like, her husband owns most of this property, and then, like, I don't know. I, I'm curious on how he found out about her murdering. Was it like, did he find her murder layer, or has she just like after her psychotic break, did she just try attacking him a bunch of times? Yeah, <laughs> goes, my damn wife keeps on trying to stab me for the last <laughs> month and a half. So Sam's pinned under this uh, cosmic wall, and she's just like laughing and playfully stabbing around him, but never stabs oh. him. And then right when she's about to, please come in, save the day. Sam is safe. Case is closed. Inspector's going on TV to talk about how the case is closed and something I didn't notice till my last watch for this was the uh, Inspector Morsini is falling asleep the whole time and yes. it's not until they uh, <laughs> call his name. He's like, oh, what? what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't like, oh, talk to this. This is why I brought this guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now Sam and Julia are flying back to America and apparently... When you do that, you sit at a table across from a nun, because that's yes. what planes look like. <laughs> yes. The end. Does anybody have any final thoughts before we move on? No, I, th- I think we thoroughly pluck that bird. Hell yeah. Agreed. Uh, the only thing I would bring up is that this goes very psycho here, where you have this doctor just giving you this just info yes. exposition dump to make sure that you knew exactly <laughs> why she was the killer yeah and how absolutely none of their like history have they ever had where the victim becomes the killer because of what they experienced but i mean that's very giallo like where it flips some sort of trauma makes you into a killer totally what yeah yeah, because like yeah that is that is a really good point because like he basically goes like oh you know so like she was attacked 10 years ago and then she saw a painting of her being attacked but weirdly enough she clung to the killer instead of herself (laughs) And that did it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Although it one of okay, what a fucked experience though is that you survive this horrible fucking thing in your life. Well, Ten years right? go by, you feel like you're completely recovered, and you're just hopscotching down the road, and you look at a fucking <laughs> curio shop, and there is a fucking painting about your attack in the window it's not like you walked in it's like it's literally out front center i might have psychologically broke too like that would well i won't paint your attack okay uh we we did it let's uh go ahead and move along Okay, it is time for our crematorium of questions. How would we survive this one? So presumably we're getting 
we're a young woman getting stalked by the killer. Or even if we're Sam, okay. let's say we're if we're Sam, Sam that's just go back us. to America, <laughs> right? Just, just get on that plane, <laughs> just leave. Yeah, yeah. He has the ability to do that. Does not. That's Argento has true. this very beautiful way of like really representing like curiosity killed the cat, where mm-hmm. it's like at any point during this, if he had just stopped, yeah, and just minded his own business, he would like none of this shit would have happened. Well, it's true. Well, but would the killer have ever been stopped? No. Right. I think, yeah. Killer would have kept oh, killing. He, yes. They would have. Because yeah. mm-hmm. the police weren't able to do anything like without Sam's That's true. Marcini was like, you're going to stay? Oh, my God. Let me know if you need any help. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. How would you make the film gooier? Could be Show a lot the gooier. Deaths. Give every yeah. death. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I w- keep it like sort of classic of the time, like that style blood and right. everything. I don't want it to like be some new modern gore, but just give so me the <laughs> I actually really, really thought hard about this question. I really think adding it would be a plot change, but I feel it would be like a super gooey, crazy out of left field plot change is that when uh, Monica pins down Sam on that cosmic art thing, like the stabbing around, if she full on just like scalped him or was just filleting his face while he was pinned down (laughs) and then Julia comes out and like knocks her unconscious. So like it's kind of the... You know, you think Julia's the puppy the whole movie, I like but like Julia she's actually like him. the final girl. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, that would have been great if Julia would. But totally, intervened. that couldn't happen in a film like this. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. That, that would be a bridge so too far. But I think that concept it is fairly, fairly good to the. Uh, there's some fairly good pride in this movie. I'll say yeah. that yeah. before it's time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, showing just showing the deaths, getting a little like up close and personal yeah agreed yeah absolutely villain level one through ten power level and iconography combine for the villain level. <laughs> oh, man this one's honestly it's out this one's real low for me too i mean like the iconography i mean it's a giallo so like they kind of all look the same mm-hmm. but to me it's like not really right. a great credit to this movie you know what i mean so like and then power level is a psychotic woman with a sharp knife you right. know what i mean like to me, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's a four, maybe? Like a three to a four? Like two and two? I'm giving it a six, because I actually think that the iconography, even though it is just like a nothing, it is still incredibly oh, yes. iconic. So I'm giving it a five for iconography, but only a yeah, one for a power level. And I mean, I don't know if Giallo yeah, this early into it, if they were having women as the killer. So that's one of the mm. things that I was kind of giving it some oh, credit. Absolutely. It, I mean, it happens a lot after this point, at least not like when it gets to the slasher, boom, they get away from it for a long stretch. But at least here, cause I know like the ones that I've seen earlier than this one, I think they all have a male killer for the most part. I think there right. might be another one offhand that also had a woman, but for the most part, it was mostly males. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's part of the, like the shock. Like, can you, <laughs> you will right. never well, believe the twist. Well, this is what's twist. kind of interesting about this movie and Deep Red, because like <clears throat> so, they're very parallel films, including yeah. like the protagonist is trying to remember something mm-hmm. and right. then at the last minute remembers it. Obviously, there's mm-hmm. more of like a, um, you know, a telekinesis, not, you know, just 
yeah. mind reading and there's like a little more psychic-y kind of weird stuff going on in Deep Red. It's yeah. more horror. But it's like, it's almost the same movie, just mm-hmm. this one's more heavily grounded in reality right. versus how mm-hmm. Deep Red kind of like goes out on the psychotic fringes. Did we get everybody's villain level? Anybody else? I'll We're say a four. Four. There two we go. And two. Good. What? <laughs> oh, two and two. Cool. Great. Should it have a sequel? And what is your sequel? Ooh. Um. So should it have a sequel? No. It is a great standalone right. movie. Absolutely. Um. If I had a sequel, Sam and Julia are in the states and they think they're free but they get a call from a killer who is just after them and it's uh in new york city because that should give uh, if dario argento is making this a uh, fun oh yeah the space to play around in great yeah mm-hmm. and um i'll just leave it at that i got nothing particular exciting Argento in New York following these two. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have one for it. I don't think it obviously doesn't need the sequel. I think if it does have it, I like your idea, but I think maybe have like a beautiful looking bird in it. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. More, birdage yeah, more birdage with crystal plumage. Yeah. Alive or dead? Both. Maybe, maybe <laughs> both. Just all a bird in every scene. Yeah. That's what I want. A bird in every oh, shot. Nice. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah, it's it, third verse, same as the first. I don't think it needs a, a a sequel at all. But if there was to be one, I would love to have a prequel that talks about oh. Monica and how everyone thinks that she got attacked and a bunch of other like. But it turns out she did a murder spree, and then the protagonist was the one that was trying to attack her to like stop her from killing mm. and then he winds up getting captured or you know what i mean like so it's this whole setup yeah. where he's got to be killed right. so that way she does so yeah. monica's always and been then a, she just goes quiet yeah, for 10 years <laughs> until she's reminded of what she was up to before yeah, exactly <laughs> i do like that yeah i'm with you guys i don't think it's there should be a sequel the only other thing that i had written down would have been sticking with the pseudoscience where julia would end up becoming the killer because she witnessed Oh, the horrific oh, right, type yeah. crime yeah. where that whole <laughs> thing continues on. Homicide. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> she got hysterically homicidal yep. after that. That would totally work in a Giallo movie. All right. Mm-hmm. Would you buy the soundtrack or score on vinyl? Jazz, baby. I mean, I'm going to say no. The score yeah. for this one is the weakest. It in is. In my opinion. And weakest? I would. I don't care to need it. With With weird, like... Singing mm-hmm. that, like at parts, yeah. and stuff at parts. No, I'm yeah. good. He he really I mean, perfects I, the la laws in later films. True. Yes. Oh, this is this is not this is he, he finds someone to do his la la. I don't know how everyone. <laughs> I understand the it? joke you're going for Marconi? Ross, and I like it. <laughs> it's not Goblin, right? Right. Yeah, or even the same person. I'm actually surprised because Morricone usually is really good with his soundtrack, but this one is one of his lesser efforts that Uh, he's done. Yeah, i i would I would probably get it if I like came. I'm not going online to search for a copy, but if I was at a record store and came across it, I'd probably pick it. Yeah, true. At least at a bare minimum, it's at least like a mid-range jazz album. (laughs) 
Yeah, honestly, I'm not even getting it to listen to just it. To I mean, it. Maybe I'll put just it on, it. but it's just like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, look at this. <laughs> Is anything action figure worthy? I mean, the only thing would be the, the, the killer I'd get Sam. costume. Really, yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like care. Like I said, I like the way but, he's yeah. dressed. I would, I, I would, could totally go for a little Sam figure sitting right here in front of me. That'd be fun. It's got the same name. What merch or prop from the film would you want? I mean, the I mean, the to go to would be the painting. Oh yeah. Mm. Um. Oh, I don't know why I didn't think of that. I was like, <laughs> hmm, I don't really know. Uh, the cosmic wall would cosmic be cool. Wall would be cool. Yep. Um, gallery daddy's ascot. Oh, would be yeah, that would nice. probably be on the top. Oh, the yellow jacket. Oh, cool. all matching <laughs> yellow jackets. I'll take in, uh the bird. Ooh, the crane. It's a live animal. The actor. <laughs> mm-hmm. The live animal bird. The live animal bird. <laughs> and all the dead birds. And all the dead birds. Okay. Constantly. I like the IMDb credit too. Said what does it say that it it was played by a green gray, gray crown crane like. It, it's an like actor. It was acting. Yeah. It was yeah. played. Right. Yeah. It was played by. Okay. Here comes the big part. It's time for our ratings. It's time to put on our black gloves and then cut off our fingers accordingly. On this show, we use a scale of zero to five fingers. Each finger represents a different quality about a movie. You can chop off half a finger or no fingers. Add them all up to get your score. Ratings are intended to be subjective on how we feel about a movie. Does not matter if the movie is objectively good or bad. Brian, I'm starting with you. Oh. Great. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start with engaging and give it a 0. 0.5. I mean, I watched this movie a couple times and I was not as engaged as I could have been. Uh, it's a mm-hmm. beautiful looking film, but I did not. Uh, get engaged into the story. So same thing with Sticky is probably going to get a point five. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I appreciate. Like, I like it. I, I and I there, there's a lot of good stuff to you. it, but it wasn't my favorite of these. If we watch this, I would. This probably been been. If we watch this as the first film and then built upon his career, I'm curious as to how I would have felt. But it's like, yeah, I've I've seen what comes out of i guess argento and i'm like i just prefer that better and i'm not as big into watching a lot of giallo i like it but i don't mm-hmm. it doesn't uh rub my cockles the same mm-hmm. way it does sam's or anything so sure so th- so that so engaging and sticky both get a 0. 0.5 t-shirtable does get a one i mean because it's so good looking and there's so many good things you could pick out of it it, it deserves the full one there and there's no reason not to represent the movie uh right. cockles 0. 0.5 again and I mean, rewatchable, I'm going to give it a 0.5 because I would rewatch it again. It's not like I wouldn't. The scenario, I, and I, I've said this about a few other giallos as well. This one really plays well. I feel like you could watch this in a bar, like with other stuff going on. This is playing on like some projector screen that they're like doing. And there's like whatever cool music and stuff playing behind it too. And it has the captions mm-hmm. on. And I feel like I get would get more out of it in that instance than I did with the movie watching it here. What's so, that what's that give oh, you to you know type it all in here now, but oh, I sure. think that comes into a three. Three. Yeah. I had a feeling you were the lowest on it, which is actually why I wanted to start with you. Great. Um 
Ross, <laughs> go ahead and give us yours. Right. So engaging, um, engaging is going to get a one. Um, I think that's it. Sounds weird. I think engaging for me with most giallos is at a base point a one, just because I'm I really do like the murder mystery movies in general, like a whodunits. So I'm way more like mm-hmm. focused on what's going on in the movie than most others. Um, Sticky though is going to get a point five. There are some fucking amazing one liners in this movie, but it is so neutered in comparison to other Argento movies and other Jallos, to be totally honest with you, that like, it's like some of the stuff is going to stick with me, but not a whole lot. Like there wasn't the, there wasn't this, the insane scene. I think our insane scene was like the razor blade scene in this movie. And that was like fucking. Yeah. Um, still there was some good shit, but it's mostly, it's weird for a Jallo. It was the one liners versus the actual like, uh, gore scenes. Um, T-shirtable is gonna get. I think T-shirtable is gonna get a. Um, it's gonna get a one. I agree with Brian. There's so much cool stuff like mm-hmm. between like the old poster art. Like even looking through some of the old poster art in this was like super fucking cool. There's like there's one of just like a the black glove with like the diamond shaped dagger going down, and there's like a crystal bird in the back. It's awesome. Yeah. Um. Man, Cockles is Cockles is gonna get a Cockles is gonna get a point five. Um, it was good, but it's it's weird. I think Brian. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like parroting what Brian said. I think it's because I've seen so many other Argento ones that go way further with it. Watching this by itself was like, okay, this is good, but like, I was waiting for like the I don't know something to really drain them, and it just didn't happen. Um. Rewatchable, same thing, 0.5. I think it's going to be, like, it's definitely, it's a good movie, and I do really enjoy it, actually. But I think in comparison to most of the other Jallos, it's going to be on, like, the mid-range of my list, if not on the bottom of my list. I think there's a lot more that I would watch ahead of this. Sure, yeah, that's a 3.5. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That, that's why I picked it for yeah <laughs> for now because i knew i wanted otherwise but i liked it enough that i wanted to talk about it totally but on a side note um, i'm fucking stoked i got to finish it because when i realized that i never <laughs> finished the movie i was like oh my god why did i do that so like thanks sam for giving me a reason to finish this movie i didn't know i didn't finish. you got it i'll go ahead now before we get over to david uh engaging that's gonna be a one for me um i think similar to ross with most yellows it, it's going to be a one. Um, I I was just in it. I, I love the world um, that it creates. I, it is so pretty. I just like watching mm-hmm. it. You know yeah. what I mean? So that just holds my focus. Uh, Sticky is going to get a point five as well. There's lots of memorable one-liners and characters. Um, but I would agree that the actual driving force of it isn't as memorable. I watched it, you know probably over the summer and when i did my first rewatch for this i didn't remember who the killer was <laughs> so like um but i did remember a lot of other parts of the movie particularly the fun characters we meet along the way t-shirtables exact same thing that's a one um i do like it enough that i represented it represent it i've seen so many different cool posters for it plus the imagery within it argento's always going to hit you with that so that's a one cockles for me is a one 
again, I just love the world, the atmosphere. I want to live in 70s Italy whenever I watch an Argento movie. Um, and it just works. The, the, what you guys talked about with the, uh, like, because it's tamer and not dialed up is what I like about it because yeah. it it makes it then stand out from the other mm-hmm. ones. Um, and then last rewatchable is going to get a point five there um, because despite everything I just said about it, it's not going to be my go-to when I want to watch a Dario Argento movie. Totally. Um, but I would always be down to watch it. And like I said, I am actively trying to get my mom to watch it or I will watch it with her because like, because of the Hitchcockianness to yeah. it. And she introduced mm-hmm. me to Hitchcock when I was a kid. Um, so what is that a four? Yep. You four it. seems right to me. Um, David, before you go, I'm curious, do you know what your regular rating was for this? movie um i actually should have asked you no you're fine it's i actually was looking it up earlier today i believe like the first couple times i was like in an eight and then i think the last time i watched it it went up to like an 8.5 for like how i kind of break down and do my ratings for it Mm -hmm. cool 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 i'm always because i always wonder how the shuttle scale compares to (laughs) how people would rate it otherwise all right uh so engaging uh, for zero point five or one. Um, I have it as a Go one. Ahead. Um, kind of echoing a lot of what you guys have said here is I'm engaged a lot in murder mysteries, especially for me. If it ends up going like off the rails, where there's like a reveal to the killer, where it's somebody that wasn't introduced, is really the only way I think I would knock a giallo, just because there are some where it's like, sure. oh wait, like this janitor that you met <laughs> once for ten seconds is your killer here. That's really long. I'm like what are we doing here? But this one, at least <laughs> yeah. like you get introduced to everything and I'm there, even though like now I've watched it so much where I know who the killers are, I'm still at least engaged to kind of see how everything plays out there. Yeah. I think the rewatch is actually fun knowing who the killers right. are. Cause then when you watch how like Monica and her husband yep. act in all the scenes and especially watching her knowing I'm like, man, she is just kind of <laughs> acting crazy here. And nobody's noticed. Or it's right. just like, she's hysterical. Cause she was attacked. I am curious. Um, Cause I fun. haven't rewatched it specifically for this. Is that like mm-hmm. in deep red, the mom is clearly in the sh- beginning scene. So when he walks up, is she holding the knife in the first attacking scene or. You don't okay. see it. No, we you don't see it. it. It's not like deep red in that okay. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Next up, Sticky. Uh, for me, I had a point five. Um, I think that this is kind of echoing again, is that there's a lot of stuff that there are memorable characters, but there's just so much stuff that just kind of gets, I forget about it. And then as I'm watching it again, I'm like, oh yeah, there is this scene here that I completely forgot that was actually there. So, I mean, outside of just like who the killer is and then those characters that you just kind of have fun with, I do kind of think some of it just kind of gets lost the longer your watch kind of gets away from it. Oh, totally. That makes a lot of sense to me. (laughs) T-shirtable. Um, I mean, for Mo, I, I don't know if I've watched an Argento film that I wouldn't probably give a one to just because he does knows how to like craft 
his like shots and everything and just how beautiful the city is. And I mean, kind of echoing how there's so many different movie posters for this. And I don't know if I've seen one that I didn't really care for at all. And I mean, like the one Ross that you have right now is such a great, like background that you're showing that (laughs) with just how like, that's sick, like sharp and every and creepy that bird actually looks and how it fits in with the title and everything. So yeah, I give this one a one. Great. Cockles. How do you feel? How does it make you feel? Uh, this one, I have a 0.5 that I would give here. I enjoy watching it. So that's why I couldn't give it like a zero on this one. But I mean, I kind of will end up reverting back towards more of his more violent ones or one of his more like beautiful movies. But it's still, I think it still is one that I'm like, I don't hate my time with it. Yeah. And rewatchable. Um, I give this one a 0.5 here as well. I just think that this one is, it is fun to at least watch it once or twice more after you know who the killer is, just to kind of, some of the stuff we've already talked about, piece together and be like, oh, that makes sense why this actor is playing it this way. But it is one of those things where it is kind of more of a cut and dry murder mystery, where there's not too much of a twist, where if you watch it too often, I think it kind of loses some of that luster. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's a 3-5. Three five. Okay, yeah. So a bit lower, but that's that's cool. That's totally fine. That's cool. Um, that's, yeah. that's what the scale says. All right. What does the club have to say? Did they Not have much. to say anything? No. No. no they no. they I'm... went on some little thing. You asked for something, and they started talking about <laughs> other some other stuff. stuff started or... happening. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Discord went oh, off the rails. Oh, it Discord. Brian, what's our overall rating for this movie? That is a 3.5. Okay, interesting. And where, how does that compare to other movies in the Goo Book? I mean, okay. 3.5 sits right above things like Chud, The Menu, some Friday the 13th. And it's in the company of Rec 2 and New Year's Evil. Evil. The editor <laughs> is above <laughs> it at a 3.7. Oh, wow. Nice. Good for the editor. Good. Hey, you know what? Good for the editor. <laughs> I would I this movie had me thinking about the editor at one point. I don't think I'll ever watch a Giallo again without some aspect of it making me think about the editor. Just, just sure. nude people walking in the background. <laughs> <laughs> well, with all that being said and done, that concludes the Chuddle Club meeting for tonight. Follow Chuddle the Pod on Instagram and Slasher to stay up to the po- up to date with the podcast, see what we're doing. Follow at Ross Purvis on Instagram if you want to see his tattoos. If you're in the Central Florida area, get tattooed by him, buy some of his art. You can do all that stuff. Support the fella. You can follow me, Chuddle the Sam, and Chuddle the Brian on Letterboxd mm-hmm. if you have any interest in what we're watching and what we're thinking. Of course, jump into the Discord if you want to participate in the show or become part of the Chuddle community just to make it easier for you everything i just said is in the show notes for this so you can just look down there and click around Mm -hmm. as needed i want to thank david once again david garrett jr of journey with a cinephile podcast make sure to go check it out um let them know where to find you follow you all that fun stuff yeah no problem uh the podcast should be found anywhere that podcasts are found i haven't really heard anybody say that it hasn't been able to be found there um and i would actually direct most everybody to my blog just because i know all the like podcasts and all the written reviews are all stored there and i know for like the show notes i usually kind of keep all my social media so that way i don't have to rally like kind of run through them every time when i'm doing some of this stuff but 
most often I'm usually David OSU87 is usually my kind of tag on a lot of that. And then my blog is actually horrorreview.webnode.com. Nice. Great. So make sure to go there, check that out, listen, follow, all that fun stuff. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, listeners, if you made it this far. And, of course, until next time, avoid the time loop.